Hi folks, and welcome to episode 35 of the Old Guy Gaming Podcast. I'm Giles Nixon. I'm Giles West on Twitter, Xbox Live, and PlayStation Network. Uh, and if you're new to the show, uh, welcome. Uh, glad you found us and hope you enjoy uh, what I have to say over the next hopefully 45 minutes or so everyone knows that i uh when i promise a short show i always seem to go long uh if you are one of those regular listeners welcome back thank you i appreciate you every time and if you can please keep spreading the word that would be great so a slightly strange show this week uh it is mid-may uh and i was wondering why there weren't really usually a try and pick kind of three big topics for the show and uh sort of hunting around for news stories there's quite a there's a fair bit gone on but nothing major really and i was trying to think why and then obviously it struck me it's uh, a month out of e3 and uh the games companies are all holding back their big news for that show so uh, yeah we've got a few things to talk about this week uh in terms of news uh, and also i have had um i've had quite a busy few weeks for um playing this uh since we last spoke so i'm looking forward to talking about that one game in particular um that I'm afraid has probably left Game Pass by the time you hear this, um, but I really, really enjoyed revisiting, um, binge through it just before it left, uh, and that, uh, yeah, I wanted to cover that because uh, I think that's a, it's a pretty major Xbox game. I don't think it got the love particularly that it deserved, uh, and it's just uh, these last few weeks playing it three have really reminded me how good that is. I wanted to talk about it a little bit later. Um, so with that in mind, let's crack on with what news there has been these last two weeks. So in a pretty quiet fortnight for uh, gaming news, I think the big news, or the one that I thought was probably most important, again, um, not immediately going to jump out, I think, um, from a gaming point of view, but really, really important um, from the industry side. And also, uh, in terms of that user experience, is that Sony have announced their partnership um, with Discord, which uh, you may remember, I think even in the last show, um, we were talking about Discord potentially being uh, bought out or being approached by Microsoft um, to be bought out. And instead, um, PlayStation have announced this partnership. Uh, They have acquired a minority stake in the company. And what they're saying is that uh, basically, if you've not used uh, Discord, I'm sure most of you have, it's a kind of... um, chat program enabling sort of groups of friends to sort of chat by text message uh, also uh, voice uh, and a great way to record podcasts um, just for the record um, really really good service if you've not used it I'm sure you will do soon and it certainly has bled over from the gaming space into more general communication one of the big things about it is that it's platform agnostic so um, particularly if you're playing say with a group of friends on pc and on one of the consoles it's a way to then have um, a chat that you can all join in um, and at particularly low latency so um, you can see there why microsoft wanted to buy them um, particularly on the the gaming side the idea of you know at the moment if you're playing crossplay games which is a big focus for microsoft um, between pc and xbox users you unless they're using xbox live you will not be able to all chat together which is a bit of a problem but discord um, clearly solves that uh, and you know with playstation it's interesting they've been much less keen on the um on the crossplay uh, aspect uh, over the last few years we've seen or heard rather from the uh, epic lawsuit that's going on at the moment that they've actually you know 
very much disincentivize developers uh, from offering crossplay. Um, but with this uh, integration of Discord, it says that integrate with your social experience on PlayStation beginning early next year. And I think um, most people's experience of the um, sort of PlayStation party system, the chat system, um, has, you know, it's been a bit wanting. So not too surprising. Uh, it'll be really, really interesting how it integrates, uh, what this partnership looks like. Um, we don't have much of a clue, uh, but we will find out by the sounds of it fairly soon. So early next year, so early, what's that, 2022, uh, and one to keep an eye on. But uh, just interesting, coming off the back of Microsoft's attempt to, to purchase Discord, we now have this strategic partnership at PlayStation. Um, what does that mean for Xbox players? Again, that'll be really, really interesting how that plays out because I would imagine having failed to, to purchase Discord, Microsoft would have been keen to get the service uh, integrated into um, Xbox. And presumably this makes it much less likely uh, that that's the case. So again, as Discord grows in popularity, I think this um, strategic partnership, the strategic deal between PlayStation and Discord uh, is going to end up being a really, really big story. Uh, and it just shows, I heard it said somewhere else, I thought it was really, really good take, um, that whereas Microsoft have been going out and really splashing the cash on acquisitions, obviously Bethesda is the big one. Um, Sony have been doing a lot of these kind of partnership type deals, uh, whether that's with uh, exclusive content like with Square Enix and the upcoming Final Fantasy game, or uh, what's it called now, uh, was Project Athia, uh, I think it's called some horrible mangling of two words now. Again, the name escapes me slightly, but these kind of deals rather than acquisitions. Um, and just interesting, you know, the two companies showing very much with their gaming side of things that they're going in slightly different directions, but also in business terms, they're taking a slightly different approach. So interesting. Big news, I think. Uh, and if that slipped under your radar, uh, Sony or other PlayStation now um, are a minority um, shareholder in Discord. So I think that was one of the big stories of the last few weeks. The other one for me, um, which came out just before recording, really a couple of days before recording, not really a news story, but one I think that um, certainly uh, invites some discussion is that Microsoft or Xbox have um, come out really quite um, strongly now, uh, highlighting that it is 20 years of Xbox this year. So they've just promoted uh, Xbox 20 hashtag. They've uh, run a new sale on the store, which is built around um, celebrating 20 years of Xbox. They're inviting participation on social media. But the big thing really for me is that they um, have highlighted that this is a pretty lengthy celebration, six month celebration. Uh, of the US release of the original Xbox console, um, which was November 15, 2001 in the US. Uh, interestingly, didn't come to Japan until February 2022 and Europe in March 2022. So, you know, remember the days when uh, especially us uh, European UK gamers used to have to wait, you know, sometimes much longer than that, both for hardware and software. I mean, we're really with this... Uh, sort of global launch um, approach now. Uh, we probably forget just how uh, how frustrating it was to have to hear about all these wonderful things about new consoles, new games um, that we couldn't play. So um, yeah, 
throwback to that time, but 20 years since it launched in the US in November. And so what they're doing is six months from, I think it's six, right? From May to November, celebrating that. Um, and uh, yeah, as I say, I think this will become, this is a really interesting focus for them. Um, one of the things that they also highlight is that Obviously, the original Halo Combat Evolved launched with the original Xbox. Uh, and so that means it's 20 years since the launch of Halo. And uh, as uh, a couple of um, couple of commentators have been pointing out, you know, the delay for Halo Infinite could be really um, sort of convenient um, lining up with, uh, with the 20 year anniversary for Halo. So, um, you know, maybe that hints to when Halo's uh, launch is going to be. Um, this blog post did highlight that uh, Infinite is still coming in 2021. So, um, you know, any rumors or suspicions, and I think that they were a little bit misplaced to be honest, but any suggestions that it was going to be delayed again, um, sounds like Xbox is now confident they're going to be launching this year. But, you know, if they launched in November, that's the, that's the 20 year anniversary. That's very, very tidy for them, even if it's a, a tidy coincidence. Um, so I think, you know, obviously right now, this is just, um, fairly low key. It's, uh, some of the, some of the Xbox team have been changing their, their headers, their Twitter bios, their um, profiles. There's a lot of, um, like I said, there's a, there's a hashtag going around. They're asking for people's stories. Um, but there is also a fan fest that you can register for, a digital fan fest, obviously, in this current sort of situation. Um, which will be offering some access to some, you know, promotional stuff, which is always worth signing up for. I mean, I got I got a twelve month Game Pass um token through um through attending XO nineteen. Uh, and uh, so did my guests so that was um that was fantastic so yeah if you can sign up to fanfest i always would i'm not sure we'll get that because obviously there'll be huge numbers more than could attend in real life um but you know sometimes there's some good swag so it's definitely worth doing that uh and yeah with this um with this 20 year anniversary i think that's gonna clearly there um Xbox are looking to to make a big deal of this uh, and to sort of build some promotion around it. So I think that will be uh, that will be big news. Just quickly on uh, Halo Infinite, obviously we've got uh, E3 coming up shortly, but um, Joseph Staten, let me get his name right. Hopefully that's the right pronunciation. One of the creative um, directors uh, on the new Halo game. We came in uh, last year when everything got moved around, um, and he uh, teased a. He, he posted a picture of what looked like some uh, video editing software with various sequences um, saying summary of my week, uh, which suggests we're not too far away from um, a new uh, a new Halo trailer. And it has been nearly a year, remember, since, um, since that kind of underwhelming um, footage that we saw and that caused or rather that that sort of preceded that delay. Um, so it wouldn't be, you know, it makes sense, particularly with the E3 coming up. Um, I'm expecting very much to see a kind of relaunch and it'll be fascinating to see the sort of before and after of where that game has got to with that extra year or so of development. Um, I'm very excited about it anyway and uh, hope you are too and we should find out more um, very soon by the sounds of it. So fingers crossed for that.
Right, as I said, I think it's been a, a slightly strange couple of weeks. There are um, other stories to cover, nothing huge, but uh, if we just rattle through those relatively quickly, and I mentioned E3, it is less than a month away, um, which I find kind of nuts. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I'm recording Friday the 14th of May. Uh, E3 is from the 12th, Sunday the 12th to Tuesday the 15th of June um, so yeah we are four weeks and two shows away from um, from E3 2021 obviously it's going to be uh, slightly different without an in-person event so that's a real shame um, but the more I hear about it the more um, it feels like it's going to be a big deal uh, particularly for Microsoft who've always been a, a big supporter I, I suspect they are um, gonna really come out swinging there's lots of rumors going around about what they have and haven't got to show uh, and we'll cover those maybe in next show because that'll be a good opportunity to kind of preview e3 perhaps if there's not a huge amount else going on uh, but yeah less than a month away and we did have some news uh, so last time I mentioned that there'd been kind of rumors or a kind of um, a web page which was actually turned out to be from last year which suggested that uh, various companies were kind of added to attend. We've had confirmation now so this is now uh, legitimate that um, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, uh, Gearbox and various other companies so it's, it's 10 more companies I think have been added to the show um, and remember that they joined Nintendo um, Xbox, Capcom, Ubisoft, uh, Take Two, Warner Brothers, uh, and the company that I'm going to continue to call Cock Media until I start getting uh, profanity uh, advisories coming my way. Uh, I'm sure that's how you pronounce it, but if not, apologies. Um, and so, yeah, it's quite a big deal. Uh, and it'll be really interesting to see how much excitement they can manage to um, generate around an all-digital event. Um, they did also announce what um, a bit more about how that experience will play. So as well as the sort of main streams, which would be on Twitch and YouTube, um, there's going to be um, its own sort of web portal and app. Um, and within that, um, they've talked about, E3 have talked about uh, having some some degree of gamification, so a kind of leaderboard for attendees, specific what they're calling booths, but, you know, areas specific to those publishers to cover some of the smaller announcements. So they really, you know, by the sounds of it, they are really thinking about making this as as kind of as much of an analogue, uh, if that's not the wrong word for an all digital event of the sort of in-person um, experience. So again, be really interesting to see how they manage to do that. I'm not entirely sold on the idea of giving my um, signing up and giving lots of data over to uh, the organisers of E3. Don't know if you'll remember, but they did brilliantly, or uh, I definitely say that ironically. Um, they did incredibly share, uh, managed to leak um, details of of quite a large number of attendees, I think all journalists, um, a few years ago. So, you know, of all the people to trust with your data, I'm not sure they are necessarily the people. Uh, and if you were to sign up for that app, uh, I would just definitely think about what information and permissions you are giving them. That said, I'm sure they've learned their lesson. I'm sure there'll be robust processes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, don't want their lawyers on me. And also, um, you know, we'll see. Will that be worth people's time rather than just watching the big conferences on stream? Uh, you know, 
in terms of the market, uh, I'm probably right up there with people who are excited about this event. Um, and I, at the moment, don't really intend to sign up. So maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll sell me in the next uh, couple of weeks. So yeah, E3 less than a month away uh, and various other companies uh, joining Xbox and uh, the existing attendees. And so it's going to be a big event. Band, band, yeah, Bandai Namco um, means that we might see Elden Ring. I think that's the <laughs> that's the thing that seems to come up on every single uh, gaming show discussion uh, post. Um, when are we going to see Elden Ring? Uh, maybe the answer is less than a month. Let me know what you think uh, if it's going to arrive this time. But uh, yeah, it was shown at an E3 on a Microsoft stage, I think, two years ago. Um, so you never know. One company who won't be there, uh, they haven't been there for a, a long time really, is EA. Um, but they have confirmed, so they've usually run this sort of EA Play, their kind of uh, event um, alongside E3 historically. It's usually been just before the show, the sort of main show, um, and in a sort of you know nearby location. Um, this time they're putting some more um, space between them. Obviously, again, all digital events, so we're talking time rather than space. Uh, and whereas E3 is going to be um, 12th to 15th of June, EA's play event is going to be July 22nd. So they've confirmed there will be that event will still be in the summer. Uh, remember that there's all kinds of other summer gaming events happening, including Gamescom, which is going to be all digital as well later in the year. Uh, but EA have kind of sat themselves between uh, the dates for E3 and Gamescom, July 22nd. So um, not quite sure what they're going to show. Remember, they've got new, uh, they've got a new Dragon Age in development. They've They've confirmed that there is a new Mass Effect in development, but um, that's presumably further out. And we've just, as of today, as of recording the 14th of May, uh, we've just had the Mass Effect remastered um, trilogy released. Uh, so I wouldn't expect much, if anything, on Mass Effect. Um, but yeah, interested to see what EA are going to bring if it's uh, obviously the usual annualized sequels will no doubt be there. Um, you know, maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order announced. That would be a very big deal, um, and you know, um, less likely, but definitely uh, would be a nice surprise. Maybe that Titanfall three. Uh, yeah, we can dream, can't we? Uh, obviously, Apex Legends is doing uh, doing great numbers for um, for respawn, uh, and it is edging closer towards the Titan for Titanfall. Um, kind of style and lore remember uh, apex legends is sort of set in the in that kind of universe for titanfall so um we have had a lot of kind of um love for titanfall 2 in particular falling uh the last couple of weeks uh, including i think it was its most popular its most played uh weekend um kind of manufactured because people kind of agreed to jump on at the same time um but yeah you know those sorts of things um just give us a little bit of hope that maybe we could get uh get something else from e3 uh sorry something from ea around titanfall i knew i was going to do that 
Um, so that's July. However, they have also confirmed they're going to bring uh, the new Battlefield, which lots of people are calling Battlefield 6. Uh, that naming convention is almost as bad as Xbox's. Um, so, but uh, the next one in the series after 5, you would certainly think that's 6, but you know, before five, we had one and then four. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just call it the new battlefield for now. Um, and EA have confirmed that that is going to be shown sometime in June. So that's interesting. Before their own event, uh, and uh, obviously the same month as EA has done it again, eh? E3. Um, so that suggests to me that it will be, um, uh, will be at E3. Uh, and maybe, you know, Again, EA and Xbox have had an increasingly kind of close relationship, uh, given that uh, EA, uh, EA Access is, uh, is it called EA Access now? It's EA Play, I think. I'm getting confused. They keep changing the name. Um, now that that's part of uh, Game Pass Ultimate. Um, and there was a rumor that Battlefield, um, the new Battlefield, would um, would somehow come as part of Game Pass, which is interesting because usually EA's big new uh, titles don't come to uh, don't come to their subscription straight away. They tend to come, you know, six to twelve months later, as we've seen with Jedi Fallen Order, as we tend to see with the sports games. You know, FIFA I think just got added this week. Madden. NHL have been added over the last month or so. Um, so I certainly wouldn't expect Battlefield to come day one to Xbox, but obviously Xbox are, um, you know, they are attracting third-party games day and date to Game Pass. Uh, EA do have a separate um, subscription on PC at the moment uh, where you do get their sort of main games uh, launching uh, into the subscription that's not what's on xbox so it'd be interesting if they end up having a sort of hybrid where they've got a specific game that they're going to bring to xbox like battlefield but it is odd that they're um they're going to talk about that in june presumably as i say at e3 uh, rather than at their own event in july so yeah worth worth covering interesting again we'll cover that sort of thing in a bit more detail next time um, and talking about uh, Game Pass and third-party games coming in day and date, uh, it's almost like I plan these shows, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I do try. Um, so we have had an announcement that uh, Dungeons & Dragons Dark Allegiance, no, Alliance, Dark Alliance, uh, is coming day and date to Game Pass. So it's going to launch 22nd of June, straight into that subscription. It is a third-person action brawler. Uh, set in obviously Dungeons and Dragons world um, rule set, um, but set within Icewind Dale. If that means anything to you, uh, I'm not quite that geeky. No, that's not true. I'm geeky about other things, but um, yeah, never been massively into my D and D. Um, but you know, this looks like a fun, fun game. It's uh, you can play solo, great, or up to four player co-op online. Apparently, it doesn't have local co-op, but you know. I think we've all got used to having no one uh, in our houses <laughs> over the last year. So a bit of a shame that by the time people might be able to do that, certainly in the UK, fingers crossed, um, it won't have local co-op. But um, being able to play online with your buddies um, and it should be a kind of fun hack and slash type experience. Um, I think 
they've they've done previews. I saw a Eurogamer preview of this uh, game back in March, uh, and they called it, which <laughs> seems like their quote here seems like the most I don't know half-hearted compliment I've I think I've read, but uh, they call it a positive showing. <laughs> um, which sounds like the sort of thing you might get on your report card when you're when you're not actually doing very well. But um, the review itself is actually much more um, much more enthusiastic, I think, than that quote um, suggests. And just looking at the screenshots now while I'm talking, it looks like a you know it looks like a really looks like a really good game. Interestingly, uh, it uh, so it's going to be part of Game Pass. So it said day and date. Uh, you can obviously still buy it if you uh, would prefer to do that. Uh, and obviously, again, over on uh, PlayStation, you'll be able to buy it, but uh, only have that option. So you won't be, you know, it won't come through subscription. Um, and with that, the digital edition is going to be slightly reduced, which is interesting. Um, it's going to be £33.50, interesting price, uh, but €40 Euros, $40 um, when it's pre-ordered uh, on, um, ah, only on their website, that's interesting. Uh, if you buy uh, shop-bought um, versions, it's going to be much more than normal price, so 50, 50 quid, €60, Euros, $60. Um, so, Again, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, whether it's you know whether you think you're saving the thirty-three fifty or the forty euros, or you're saving the fifty pounds, sixty euros of the kind of um, re physical edition, um, that's another game uh, following on from MLB the Show, following on from Outriders. Uh, almost one a month, I think we're looking at now on a fairly regular cadence, um, where we are looking at a brand new game launching day and day into Game Pass. So interesting. Um, until um, some of the first-party studio uh, titles launch, I wonder if that is that is the plan to have one new sort of reasonably uh, high-profile game every month. Uh, certainly, that would make sense. It's a monthly subscription. Um, the amount of you know the number of hours that you're likely to get out of these games, you don't want to drop too much. But equally, I think. Um, that would be the kind of minimum cadence. And then obviously you've got all kinds of um, older and smaller games being released. So clearly if you subscribe to Game Pass, you're never going to be short of stuff to play. But um, this is interesting. I think this now we can see a real pattern forming. Um, and as I said, um, roughly a new game launching, brand new game launching uh, each month on Game Pass. I think that's a, that's a cadence that we're likely to see going forward. Over on um, PlayStation, obviously, they're approaching uh, this rather differently. And um, just as we talk about Game Pass, it's worth picking up the, again, a, a little news story or a little quote from an interview with Wired magazine. Um, PlayStation confirmed that they have over 25 first-party games in development at the moment, um, which, interesting, I don't know what. I don't know what number I'd have in mind. I don't know what you think, but um, you know, with uh, development sort of periods, um, development cycles lasting kind of three, four, five years. I mean, how long Starfield been in development? How long is something like GTA in development? It's, it's, these are massive games. So, you know, 
think about a, let's say a five-year cycle five games a year um, still feels like a lot from a first party studio and if you look back i think that does um certainly sort of outnumber um what we've seen in the past so uh, that is um i think worth sharing uh, and particularly as well because the second part of that quote um i'm just trying to check was it jim ryan i think it probably was um no, Herman Holst, head of uh, Sony Worldwide Studios, confirmed over 25 games and that nearly half of them are new IP. Uh, and that is really impressive. So, you know, again, just highlighting the differences between Xbox and PlayStation at the moment. Um, Xbox do obviously have that. Uh, I'd expect them to have at least similar numbers um, with all of the studios that they've now uh, acquired. Um, but you know, Sony have uh, have kind of really shown what they're trying to do is just keep knocking out of the park these significant, um, quite often single player focused, high quality, uh, high production values, high cost, um, full price games. Um, and yeah, they've clearly got a lot of them coming. So again, just thought it was worth uh, contrasting. If you're going to be playing on PlayStation, and you know, if these are the game, if if these games are all brilliant you're going to be spending a lot of money on games uh flip over to the xbox xbox side they've got more to prove in terms of quality um but again if that pipeline starts delivering uh, and you're a subscriber to game pass um you clearly will still only be paying your your kind of monthly monthly sub to get these brand new uh, and obviously if you want to buy them to keep that's a different story but just an interesting contrast between the two Okay, last up in terms of uh, news, something I thought was uh, really worth covering, both because it's pretty cool anyway, uh, and also just really important, is that um, Xbox have uh, announced various uh, system updates, and some of these are specific to the next-gen consoles, the sorry, new-gen consoles, the Series X and S, in terms of quick regime uh, improvements, stuff like that. But the one that I thought was worth really flagging, if you haven't heard, I think this is brilliant, and it's almost like kind of wizardry, so I wanted to highlight. It is party chat speech transit. Yeah, I knew I'd get this wrong. Party chat, speech, transcription, and synthesis. Uh, and so, uh, sounds very dull. Uh, I think in reality, it is, like I said, kind of basically magic. So, so what's going on is that um, you might not be aware, Microsoft have been investing quite heavily as a company, not just on Xbox, but on the PC space in terms of speech to text transcription. Uh, what this means is that um, if you enable it and you do have to enable it so if you're worried about um you know privacy issues um then uh, you don't have to participate in this but if it's enabled then um any chat that uh you or your party group uh engage in uh over uh, xbox live uh, will be transcripted automatically uh by uh, by the AI into text on screen and it is uh, sort of customizable, the overlay. So you, what you'll see, um, there's a really good post on this on Xbox, uh, Xbox Wire, so news.xbox.com. Um, uh, and it shows you Microsoft, it shows, basically highlights the different people speaking and what they are saying. It's gonna come up on screen. So you imagine, you know, if for anyone, uh, sorry, let me just jump back, the other part of it, 
uh, so it's transcription and synthesis so it works the other way so again if you want to type in your messages um, through the keypad or you know mouse and keyboard where it's supported or you know if you're using a, a third-party solution any messages that you type in can be read out uh, for other players and that's um, that can be done through a variety of voices that says choice of several languages no several voices per language sorry so you should hopefully be able to find a, a voice that you feel represents you and i think this is really important first of all i think it's super cool anyway and i could actually see myself using it even though my hearing and my vision touch wood are pretty good um but for people who have uh, hearing or sight um, impairments um, problems with those areas or you know something to do with the, the combination of, of playing and being able to process the voice at the same time I know lots of people with hearing issues it's, it's compounded by having sort of multiple sources going on at the same time um, you can see how you can see how this could really really help um, just people get involved in, in gaming you know people who felt excluded in the past um, or people who've genuinely been um, been unable to to sort of play uh, to a sort of reasonable standard if uh, if this was a, a particular um, setback for them in the past so I just thought it was really cool it's worth checking out go and have a look at the uh, as I say the Xbox wire announcement um, and uh, yeah all your words spoken by the people in the party are converted into text and vice versa you can have text converted into voice um, so it's really really good yeah it says they're also generally useful for detecting microphone problems or distinguishing game audio from people talking so Xbox here themselves have obviously identified that as well as accessibility this could um, aid various use cases and just I think a really cool use of technology um, and a good example of where the sort of synergy between the business side of things and the gaming side um, kind of kick in. So that is the news for this week, this fortnight, this show. Um, I say I usually would uh, cover uh, what I'm playing uh, in a fairly brief section at the end um, but um, I did want to go a bit in depth uh, on one particular game I say that I haven't scripted this section of the show so it'll be really really interesting uh, even haven't made huge notes around this um, so it'll be interesting if I can hopefully convey just how much I enjoy playing this game so just before we do that um, one of the things I have been playing, which is, I think, hopefully relevant to you guys, is the Resident Village demo, Resident Evil Village demo. Uh, so Resident Evil Village came out last week as of recording, sold over 3 million copies. So um, done really, really well for Capcom, really well received, and I'm hearing really good things. So if you're playing and enjoying that game, uh, well, I hope you're enjoying it and um, let me know what you think. Um, I played the demo. Uh, I did enjoy it. It's a time demo, remember, you get an hour uh, and you can spend that either in the castle or in the village, two locations from the um, game, uh, or a mixture of both. So I, I finished the castle section uh, and then it's quite frustrating because uh, I obviously uh, took my time uh, around the castle section and really enjoyed actually just kind of taking in the, the setting. Um, and that meant that I was just right at the end of the demo in village when my time ran out so um that was a bit frustrating but uh obviously it's a it's a kind of good uh, good system to encourage you to buy the game which i'm not planning to do but only because i've got such a backlog and as you know uh if you listen to the show i tend to um 
you know tend to be playing through stuff like game pass at the moment just uh just because why it seems stupid to to spend extra money when i've got so many games to play uh, right now uh, village i would definitely look to pick up in the future um i still haven't actually played seven which i own uh, so that is a bare minimum i need to uh, play that game and get through it uh, and if and when i do i will definitely jump back because it was a lot of fun if you've not played um village unfortunately the demo is uh, no longer available it was specifically available for a week uh which uh, has now run out but um it's a you know really really atmospheric beautiful game atmospheric um spooky although not particularly scary um but yeah it just felt like a it's basically kind of a haunted house or a kind of ghost train experience that you might get at a fairground and you know it did i think a lot of people have kind of said but it did definitely hark back to some of the kind of hammier uh camper earlier uh, resident evil titles uh, which i think is a good thing it's you know I, I find some of the some of the kind of discourse around resident evil quite interesting because for me it is a you know it's <laughs> don't want to dismiss it because it's high quality but it is kind of campy nonsense it's not you know it is not a high art uh, this is not a game that's gonna um you know stick with you and, and kind of touch you in any particular way or you know even something compared to in the in the horror space you know things that really kind of um you know really artfully directed even if you think of like alien isolation outlast soma uh some of these games i think um you know resident evil is is there to it is mainstream stuff it is there to entertain you uh and it really does that certainly from the demo that i played so yeah if you're playing that uh, i hope you are getting lots of fun out of that game and like i said from my uh, hour or so with it i can see why people are enjoying it uh, but speaking of spooky, the game I've been playing and the one I would highly recommend, even though if you're subscribed to Game Pass, I'm afraid you're going to be too late or rather if you jump in as soon as this goes up and play it straight away, you're going to have a few hours before it leaves because it leaves 15th of May and that is Alan Wake. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't know Alan Wake, if you've not played it, I would highly recommend it. I think without the Game Pass discount, with a discount in the UK, it's about 12 quid at the moment. If you get in there in time, I would. I just just can't recommend it enough. But um, without the discount, it's still about £15 in the UK and, and you'll definitely get value from that. It's. Um, I think the how long to beat time on it is, is 12 hours. Um, I think it took me a little longer. Uh, I sort of really like the atmosphere of that game as well and the world and was exploring around a little bit not you know not completionist i didn't get all of the collectibles uh, but i think it took me probably about 15 15 16 hours um of playthrough and i did uh binge that completely in a in less than a week because um i f didn't see that it was leaving until fairly recently uh, and having played the game through once already um I didn't really want to purchase it, although I'm inclined to do that because I do have the DLC purchased, so I, it'd be good to play that. I need the base game to do it, so thinking about that. Um, but I, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I'd highly recommend it if you've never played it. Uh, so it's from Remedy, uh, who uh, since have done, well, before did uh, the Max Payne games and since have uh, brought us Quantum Break on the uh, Xbox and then uh, Control 
uh, so I think IGN's game of 2018, maybe 2019, no 2018, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and um, there's a there's a really fancy new uh, sort of um, PS5 Xbox Series X version of that game with ray tracing and stuff. Looks fantastic, plays great. But um, Alan Wake uh, was back on the Xbox 360, so it's available through backwards compatibility. Um, it's the story of a writer who uh, finds himself uh, sort of in the middle of a story that he appears to have created um, and it's a third person action adventure the sort of game actually the sort of style of game rather that um, you know people regularly uh, claim are not available on the Xbox platform and you know they've They've been right since Alan Wake, you know, uh, Quantum Break was was one example, although that game, I think, was really, um, really limited by its uh, its kind of structure, which was built around a mixture of gameplay and then sort of 40 minute long uh, sort of TV shows, which I personally really enjoyed, but certainly did not help the pacing um and was you know a bit of a sort of failed experiment from microsoft when they were when they were going through their tv 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 phase but uh anyway i digress alan wake it's got that sort of twin peaks x filesy vibe about it it's got a really cool voiceover um from the main character it's got excellent music um so it's structured in six chapters and at the end of each chapter uh you get a um, nice little cinematic kind of end credits uh and then jump into a previously on alan wick uh intro which recaps the last episode before you move on uh and just really 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 good fun i've got to say it just i mean it's a bit clunky so it's showing its age. Um, first of all, the resolution, I think, is somewhere between 720 uh, and 1080p. I think it's closer to 720. Uh, it's got a lot of shimmering. It looks uh, rough around the edges. The character models, the lighting, everything is is dated, but it's an older game now. Uh, I mean, it came out. Um, when did it come out? That will be an interesting uh, check. Um, it's, it's certainly... Um, of years behind it it was released in 2010 wow so it's 10 years 11 years old that game and it, it does show it uh, and also in terms of um, kind of gameplay design but it's got some really brilliant weather effects um, it's all based around the concept of um, light and dark so uh, your weapons as well as the sort of standard um, sort of gunplay involve use of light so you've got a flashlight, uh, you sort of get use of various searchlights and things throughout. There's a point where you're sort of accompanied by a helicopter and obviously that's then kind of got some kind of searchlights on it. Um, just really, really, um, really good moody um, game. And the setting, it's in uh, set in the Pacific Northwest. It just makes me, <laughs> obviously, we're all sort of denied our travel experiences at the moment, but really, really makes me want to go and visit kind of uh, the uh, coastline around Seattle and uh, and above. So just a brilliant game. The writing's excellent, really exciting, kind of spooky along the way. Um, does kind of uh, eat itself a little bit towards the end. Um, it's pretty audacious, the story and where it goes. Um, Alan has... Uh, has lost his wife, not misplaced, um, but someone has taken her uh, and he's trying to get her back. Um, but as I say, the story goes into some 
weird, weird places. Uh, some brilliant set pieces, including uh, a pretty uh, infamous uh, defend the stage of these crazy rockers who've set up their kind of little festival in their in their farm. It's uh, a brilliant, brilliant set piece, which doesn't even act as a chapter closer, which has surprised me. And there's things that you know you think you remember about these games that don't quite play out that way. But um, yeah. I've probably said enough about Alan Wake, but um, just wanted to highlight how good a game that was. And if you haven't had a chance to play it, uh, just to give my thoughts on why. Uh, as a second playthrough, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Played start to finish, as I say. And, um, I think in yeah, pretty much five or six settings. Yeah, I think five in the end. I played the last two chapters together. Um, ends up about 16 hours, like I said. And if they ever remaster that game, and it would be prime for a remaster because I think, you know, with a bit of modernizing around the controls, um, maybe with a little bit of um, tweaking in terms of there's some sections in, in the vehicle which aren't that exciting um, and on a more modern engine you could i think that game would be stellar even for sort of brand new players now whereas for me you know obviously some of it is some of the appeal is the kind of nostalgia factor but i still maintain that if you can kind of get over the slightly dated look um it is a it is a great game to play and uh, i would say well worth your 15 quid um so that's most of what i've been playing certainly this week um i would just throw in there that i'm playing Ori and the Will of the Wisps uh, as well, and also Undertale. Um, so I've kind of split my time uh, over the last few weeks. Undertale, I heard such good things. It took me a while to get into, but I'm now really enjoying it. That's a kind of quirky little indie RPG um, where you, as well as fighting the uh, the kind of random enemies that you encounter, you can um, you can kind of talk them out of it or even flirt them out of fighting and things like that. So again, it's on Game Pass, worth a look. Uh, really, really funny, really funny game. Uh, it plays a bit with the sort of subverts your expectations as well of what you would expect in an RPG. Uh, for example, just uh, trying not to spoil too much, but there is one bit where you go into a you go into a new town and go into the shop and uh, you can obviously, as with all RPGs, you can then buy some useful stuff. Again, as with all RPGs, you can potentially, there's an option to sell your stuff. And, you know, if you play uh, role-playing games a lot, you'll know that you tend to be selling off, you know, old sticks and sort of broken down items and, you know, rusty uh, jewelry and things like this not for very much but the shopkeeper always buys it this shopkeeper when you go to the sell option uh, highlights just that and says what sort of shop do you think this is we don't just buy your old tap basically uh, which uh, did um, I've probably killed the joke but it really really made me chuckle uh, and uh, is a is a good example and I thought one worth sharing of uh, of from uh, Undertale, so I'd recommend that. And Ori and the Will of the Wisps, interesting. I really enjoyed um, the Blind Forest, the first game. Uh, Will of the Wisps, I have probably struggled to get into uh, quite as much, um, and then really, really enjoying it. But I'm stuck on uh, one of the boss fights at the moment, um, and um, I don't know about you. I, if you played that game, maybe it's just uh, my flailing and my failing reflexes, but um, I'm really struggling with some of these boss fights. Uh, so I'm currently up against a giant frog toad thing, uh, who I believe is 
Kolok. Uh, maybe got that wrong. Um, it's a stunning, stunning game. Really challenging, though. Uh, and hopefully uh, having a break for Alan Wake will not have totally killed my skills because I was struggling enough as it was um, to go back to that uh, after a week or so. Uh, could be a challenge, but I really want to to defeat him and move on because uh, I'd love to see that game through. Uh, beautiful game, really, really fun to play, uh, as I say, if not a bit frustrating. Uh, and so lastly, uh, not playing, but have downloaded and really looking forward to uh, having teased you with Alan Wake and the fact that it's just left Game Pass, I thought I would highlight if you haven't seen uh, just joining Game Pass is Psychonauts uh, from the original Xbox uh, and the uh, demented mind no the genius mind sorry tim of tim schaefer uh so if you uh excuse me if you haven't if you haven't played that as a 3d platformer again really really funny uh and i am looking forward to jumping into it uh, very shortly uh and the timing is no coincidence because psychonauts 2 is coming soon uh it's going to be i believe it's uh, on playstation and xbox i think it was you know, confirmed before uh, Double Fine were bought out by Microsoft, but it will be day and day at Game Pass. Uh, and there was a listing went up for the um, for the game on the store before it got withdrawn fairly recently. So feels like that is very soon. So I think releasing the original Psychonauts on Game Pass is a is a smart way to get people uh, kind of reinvested in that franchise uh, i would recommend downloading and having a gate and that's what i'll be playing over the next couple of weeks so uh yeah next time i speak to you uh we can talk about that right so that's everything for this week uh as i say it's been a it's been a slightly quieter fortnight in terms of news uh as i say though i have been uh, back on the gaming uh, train a little bit, having had uh, a few weeks, really, a few months even, of um, being a bit quieter. Really enjoyed getting back into, I say, Unawake in particular, but just generally getting back into into playing a bit more. And I think um, with Psychonauts and a couple of other games on my list uh, to play through in the next few weeks. With the football season winding down as well, that obviously gives me a bit more free time. Um, but here in the UK, we are slowly fingers crossed anyway uh loosening up our um coronavirus restrictions so you know maybe that means i'll be a bit more out and about so we'll see plenty of time for gaming i'm sure uh, and next time uh, as i said i'll plan to do a sort of e3 preview um again so far the shows are fortnightly um so that will be the last show kind of pre three i think let me just check the dates it's possible if there is a show just before the weekend um i might push that back and do a reaction special uh, but if you want to keep in touch with uh, what my plans are for the next few shows uh, please do give me a follow on twitter i am giles went west also giles went west on xbox live and playstation network giles nicholson in real life always keen to hear your feedback Thanks for listening and speak to you in two weeks time.